In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. And if you hate the show, consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news on the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... So while Major Dempsey is off getting these various readings, kind of realizing that there is indeed something strange going on in the radioactive way and a couple other energy kind of signal ways. Dr. Schuler, assisted by Dr. Merlo, I'm assuming Dr. Merlo is doing kind of the camera work, kind of documenting all the findings Schuler comes across. So yep. from the autopsies. Yep. Very right, cool. As you kind of draw close to the makeshift morgues they set up, you kind of get gestured at by one of the guards that and informed that you need to be wearing a hazmat suit. All personnel who interact with the dead need to be wearing hazmat suits at all times. Do you go back and grab your hazmat gear? Oh, yeah. I assumed we had grabbed it on the way. Sure. No, that makes sense, too. Yeah, same thing. I assume we already got dressed up, so... Yeah. All right, so as you kind of start going through this and kind of you're taking inventory off all of this, there are five refrigerated trailers set up to kind of act as temporary holding morgues, each one containing around 24 bodies each. And one of the trailers has been set up as a temporary kind of lab for you to examine the bodies in. All the bodies have been tagged via the IDs that were covered from the bodies, thankfully, and they've taken all the kind of pre-processing have been done. There's been photos taken for kind of reference back at any point in time. I'm going to need to see a sand check, though, from both of you, because this is just overwhelming. This is a insane number of dead people to come across. 36 out of 50 success. 64 out of 50 failure. All right. So you're going to take one point of sand damage, Dr. Merlo. Okay. Done. That brings my sanity down from 50 to 49. Excellent. All right. So looking at all of this, this is going to take a while. Like if you had to estimate this is for one person, easily a full day's worth of work. I'm not talking like a full day of overtime, but like a full regular working hours worth of work across the two of you, you can probably speed the process up some probably bringing it down by a few hours, but where do you start with this? I'm going to look at a couple of the bodies and I'm going to see if, like, externally there are any similar patterns like frostbite, anything like that, any visible marks there before cutting someone open. Alright, sounds good. What is your science microbiology at? 70. Alright, yeah, it's more than enough to go over this. Dr. Merlo, do you have medicine or any other kind of biologically related Science to apply to the situation? I have, for science, it's just meteorology, physics, and acoustics. Don't really have anything for medicine, and I have a 10% of first aid, so not really much I can do on that front, unfortunately. Yeah, so you're more just here helping out, moving the occasional body, taking notes, maybe giving some insight into the situation. But yeah, so you'll start kind of digging into this. So preliminary findings suggest that, yeah, these people died almost instantaneously of cold but that's not quite adding up the way it should be dr schuler you would know that like even the most advanced kind of speedy ways of freezing things will result in ice crystals forming and rupturing and cell membranes you're not seeing any of that as a microbiologist you'd understand kind of the concept that like a body left out will eventually decrease in temperature naturally over enough time hypothetically you could get a body down to freezing temperatures 
without damaging the cells, without kind of seeing that ice crystal formalization. That's kind of what you're seeing. For all purposes, these bodies appear to be corpses that somehow were taken from alive to exceedingly dead, almost as though it was a natural process, at an almost instantaneous speed. So I guess, you know, because frostbite is like, the process of like tissue just dying because yeah, yeah. so it, is there evidence of that i'm sorry if you you said that i didn't quite catch it no there's not yeah okay that's weird. yeah that that's what frostbite is it's kind of it's ice forming in a various kind of liquids throughout the body and freezing and causing problems this isn't that it's as though the body has been gradually cooled to a point but also the obvious sign of death in this case is extreme temperature drop the obvious cause of death and what you would use to have that happen are not present at the same time. Does it look like any part of the body was damaged more than than what we'd expect here? No. Okay. Any weird markings on people? No, nothing that you're coming across as preliminary kind of looking over. Yeah, kind of as you're realizing that somehow this was all cooled down, like the science of this, this has never been witnessed in kind of the history of human science. Like, if you could understand the kind of implications of this, or kind of how it works, more importantly, the implications for space flight and medicine are just astronomical. Like, this is, whatever did this is incredibly useful, potentially. Okay, good to know. I will see, you know, like inside the mouth, teeth are cracked from the instant cold, or everything seemed tip-top. Yeah, you see kind of various signs of various health levels about the various people and whatnot, but I will say kind of as you're going about inspecting the bodies in a more medical sense, you notice a couple things. The bodies remain at the same temperature no matter what you do to them. Like, pulling them out of the freezers, yes, is pulling them kind of still into a fairly cold environment because you're in trailers, but like heating it up, exposing it to heat, have anything along those lines, the bodies do not get warmer than 0.5 degrees Celsius, just slightly above freezing. I mean, is there any lividity set in? Are you asking if they're kind of like frozen solid or anything like that? Or, Well, I, I'm asking if like blood has begun to pool like with where they've been laying on their bodies, not like out externally, but you know. It's also it's just kind of stopped in place. Okay. No pulse or anything like that? No pulse. Okay, I'm going to crack open the eyes. Do they show the signs of a dead person? No, no frostbite, no nothing. These people are very much dead. I guess what are you looking for in the eyes now that you're looking inside them? Like, your eyes kind of change when you die. I'm just seeing if that change has happened. You know, you can't actually, like, kill somebody and then use their, their eye for a retinal scan. I don't know exactly what happens, but I know yeah, that it's not... I I'm not sure based on the technology available, that would have been something you'd have cared about necessarily. But also, I'll reiterate, it's like someone took these bodies and just cooled them down without any of the kind of telltale signs of extreme cooling to this temperature. I guess to kind of reiterate to a point I was talking about, if you apply heat to them, the heat just kind of goes away. There's no absorption. Like, if you put these bodies under a heat lamp, they would not get warmer. The heat energy would just kind of dissipate. Can I just scrape off some some skin cells and take a look at them under a microscope and apply various things to them and see what happens? Like, I want to see what happens when heat is applied, but they won't cool. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, you can definitely do that. I guess as you're kind of digging through all of this, just the weirdness of this situation is setting in. I need to see a sand check from both of you again. 21 out of 50 success. 39 out of 49 success. All right. Isidore, you know, this isn't kind of the normal line of work, but it is just work at the end of the day. There's probably like a stereo sitting on a, a counter somewhere and he goes and plays some like of the 90s hits right now as he's doing this and doing a little dance as he's walking around uh, observing these people. Yeah. I mean, you are dressed in your hazmat suit, so it is a tad comical. Trying yeah. to lighten the mood, if you will, of this incredibly weird situation. Yeah, it's probably like subconscious, too. It's not even like he's trying to do it. It's just the the innate reaction that he's having because he's not losing sanity over it. So he's coping with it in a way that this is just another day on the job. I'm just going to be myself. So it's funny you mentioned that. So kind of maybe as you're trying to lighten the mood, some trying to make this seem like a normal day on the job. Dr. Merlot, what are you doing through all of this? Like, this is obviously not your area of expertise. You're kind of there to provide the, what I'd call the more mathematical sides of science, the situation. Like, are you intrigued? Are you touching the bodies at all? Like, aside from kind of being there to provide support for another set of eyes and kind of another brain in the situation, how do you feel about being around this much? I wouldn't even call it death. Like, it's absolutely bizarre. Like, on one hand, yes, this is a tragic mass loss of human life. On the other hand, it's just weird and unexplained and kind of, in a dark way, almost interesting. I will say it is a little bit odd considering my character's backstory, especially the fact that he specifically escaped Argentina as a yeah. refugee because of political violence and, you know, and all that. So, yeah, being surrounded by the, this much death is definitely odd, but... Also, kind of the the scientist in me is also kind of just intrigued by the fact that, like, theoretically, like, yes, I don't know much about, like, the medical side of things. But, like, physics-wise, I understand that, like, these bodies shouldn't be this frozen for this long. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you would definitely understand thermodynamics and that, yeah. like... So, yeah, based off of the laws of physics... This doesn't make sense. So it's not scientifically sound. So I am definitely intrigued. And so I am staring a little bit harder than normal trying to make sense of things, which is why between that and like the whole, you know, asking earlier about like, well, was there anything else that was, you know, frozen up? And then nobody seems to really know, which is odd because it would be plainly obvious if things had frozen up the damage that these people have suffered. But nobody seems to really understand. Yeah has definitely raised some suspicions. Oh, absolutely. Nothing about this makes any sense. And while you're kind of thinking about that and Dr. Schuler's off kind of messing with the radio, trying to lighten the mood, you start removing the helmet to your hazmat suit and slowly bend down over one of the corpses and just bite into its upper shoulder. I bite into it? Yeah. Okay. I don't see this, right? Give me an observation check. Oh, God. How happy I am that I'm bad alertness right now. 75% failure. All right, so... Do I need to uncombat this corpse? Oh, no. It's so much worse. Okay. As you turn around, kind of a witness through just a unsettling scene. Dr. Mardlow has gotten her hazmat suit, helmet, and hood all the way off. She is greedily tearing at the meat on the shoulder of the corpse you were just examining a few minutes ago. Hungry, almost like snarling like a beast going at it what do you do 
So, I mean, in this, are there any, like, safety things, like a, you know, like, containment breach button that I could press that sets off an alarm, anything like that in here? I mean, you can shout if you want to. You could also try to restrain her. I will say that if you're not dealing with this well, how do you think security personnel will respond to it? Oh, fuck, you're right. They're not supposed to know. I mean, okay, so I've got a 70 in medicine. We're in an area where we're doing an autopsy. Can I find something that I could use to inject and restrain her? I mean, it's an autopsy. Like, sedatives aren't exactly a thing one needs when dealing with corpses, typically. Yeah. I mean, can, can I roll a sanity check? I guess that will, that could help me determine, like, if I'm feeling brave or not. Sure. Yeah, give me a sand check at this. Why not? I roll a fucking sanity check out. And we'll get to your sand check in a minute. I just want you guys to know that uh, Isdor Schuler is the most iron-willed character I've ever played. Uh, he's rolled a 37% success. Uh, he's going to look and he's going to say, uh, Merlo, what the fuck? And walk up and try to pull her away. All right, give me an unarmed combat. 84% failure. All right, so she just kind of pushes you off. Like, you're pulling at her. She's just kind of really sinking her teeth in. She's not managed to pull any meat off the corpse yet because again it's super chill then it's kind of hard to tear at that point do you yell for help at that point do you kind of try again what do you do again we are supposed to keep what we're doing like under wraps right i'll remind you the guards at weather watcher are cleared for weather watcher they're physically there in the hq with you it's the guards at the perimeter that are not cleared for any of this so the people i call would be okay yes but also think about what you'd be calling them in to deal with. You know, I've already passed this. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to just keep trying. I'm going to try to interpose myself in the way to stop this. Sure. You're going to keep pushing and maybe yell for help or something? I mean, they probably hear shouting. I'm not shouting for help, but I yeah. am, like, saying, like, stop, what the fuck are you doing? Put your head the helmet back on, what the fuck? That noise pretty rapidly attracts the attention of one of the guards from outside dressed in a hazmat suit, and they step in to see you kind of trying to pull your colleague off a corpse and just raise their submachine gun instantaneously and scream, what the actual fuck is going on in here? Help me get her fucking restrained. Come on. Give me a persuade. A 49 out of 20 fail. All right, so the guard kind of pauses for a second. He stands there like it's a split second too long as kind of you see... The teeth finally sink. He manages to snap out of it, though, and grabs Marlo, and you kind of both, by your powers combined, drag her and then a chunk of the corpse away with her. What the fuck? You all fall to the floor. Marlo, you're kind of chewing happily at this. You've gotten a chunk of meat. Schuler, you are holding your colleague that just ate a dead body by all measures. The security guard is just kind of in shock. Like, his gun is on the ground. He is absolutely confused as to what's going on here type of thing. So he's kind of babbling questions too quickly, like, what the fuck happened? Why'd she eat the corpse? Like, did something happen? Did you see something? Just stream of consciousness questions, and as this all is going on, give me a sand check. I sand check? Yep, everyone. 42 out of 49 success. I don't know how that's sane, but okay. 2 out of 50 success. I mean, it makes a certain amount of sense. You weren't aware of your actions, and Eating this meat has definitely seemed to calm you down some. Uh, you're not, maybe not you're totally aware of what happened, but like there's a strong chewing taste in your mouth at this point. And you're going to lose one point of sand damage from that because 
you and I pretty quickly realized what just happened, but the witnesses in the room, maybe this is some weird madness, maybe it's just overwhelming. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, Schuler is like tossing and, and just like talking out loud a stream of nonsense. Then he finally says, I, we have to fucking quarantine her now. She's been exposed to the bodies and what the fuck? What, what the fuck? Go, go, go get people. The guard kind of looks at you confused and kind of like slowly gets to his feet, looks at you, looks at Dr. Medlow and goes, what? We need to like lock her up or something like this is she just ate a person. Yes, exactly. We we need to quarantine her. I'm just staring like almost like in a catatonic state. I have no idea what the fuck just happened. I'm just Indeed. like. All right, so the guard that came in kind of races out at this point. Your security agent kind of comes in and just he's like looking at all of you very confused. Like he must have wandered off at some point. You didn't notice him leave type of thing. And he's just kind of like, I go to get a coffee for five minutes and all hell breaks loose, huh? Your job is then to get fucking coffee. It's to run shit like this. All right, I mean, help me. We we got to take her somewhere. So while this all was going on, kind of as you're starting to come out of this, Dr. Medlow, you realize that you weren't really mentally present for all of this. Like, the last thing you kind of remember was standing around helping Dr. Schuler, and now you're on the ground with a mouthful of what tastes like cold beef jerky type of thing. You have strange memories of almost like a vision or a dream of some kind. It was kind of flashes of imagery, though. First, there was kind of a bloody snake slithering across a frozen forested swamp, followed by glowing mist shimmering and swimming in the night sky, coalescing into cold green stars, an enormous mound of red earth rising above a swamp. Vague figures led you up a hill of some kind, restrained you in a place of pain. This is important, though. The place of pain is important. And the vague figures then climb down again and sing strange prayers to you, to something you're not quite sure, and the writhing bloody snakes suck up the stars in shimmering mist. Give me a sand check. Nine out of 49 success. All right. You take one more sand damage as this kind of the reality of what's happened and the strange dream kind of coalesce into one realization. All right. So you've all been at work for several hours. Now it's getting close to 1.40 a.m. if you had to take a guess at it. Schuler, uh, Marlo, you're kind of slowly exiting the autopsy trailer. There's a guard now kind of watching you. For the most part, Merdlow has returned to normal. She's a tad shaken by the events, but she's not acting strange. There's no remaining kind of instinct or impulse to eat more human flesh like that seems to have asked for the most part. The guards are a tad jumpy and you kind of find yourself outside as the blizzard seems to almost kind of hit its peak. You had noticed it given that you were inside, but the blizzard's been slowly building. Unfortunately for Major Dempsey, she's been out in the blizzard. It's been slowly increasing over time and it's at exactly 1.43 a.m. that all hell just breaks loose. First off, everyone give me a sand check. 91 out of 50 fail. You out of 47 success. All right. Chad? No, you're off in, you're off in the way of ways. We're going to get to what happens after the sand check in a sec. I was like, cool, I'm safe. I'm... Oh, no, you're outside, too. Okay, I'm outside. Yeah, that's absolutely a thing that I am. Fuck me. There we go. 26 out of 55% success. All right, Major Aideen, like, let's fucking go. All right. All right, so Shuler, you're going to take 1d6 of sand damage. It's going to be five. 
I'm gonna pass some of this off. That's a lot of that's a lot of nice sand. I do it to my Caldi Doctor Siddiqui. I'm gonna get rid of four. All right. So I lose one. All right. So you, everyone around you, the guards, anyone you can see, basically. So in Dempsey's case, that's just the one security agent with you. You all are just kind of overcome with just a flight or fight instinct. Like you're afraid everything's dangerous. It's time to kind of either attack or run type of thing. What do people give into, I guess? Like who runs and who fights? Like just anything near you, I guess, is the way of thinking of it. If we succeed, we're still engaging in this. Oh, yeah. So it's to attack or flee from everything around us. If you fail that, your fight instinct kicks in. If you pass that, your flight instinct kicks in and you're smart enough to try and get away from this. So that means, Shuler, you're going to punch something near you. Do you have any kind of instinct on what you go after? Oh, what's around me? You're in the middle of HQ. So variety of guards, your colleagues, security escort, any kind that's got especially caught your attention by any chance so far. Uh, yeah, the security escort that left for coffee when I needed him to sure. help me restrain. Sure. Yeah. All right. So the good news is that your security escort has kind of descended into a, like they fell their knees and they've descended into kind of a sobbing, crying mess. So give me an unarmed combat attack against them. Do I have any bonuses because he's not defending himself at all? I could do a plus 20, yeah. Nice. 25 out of modified 60 success. All right, so you just tackle this person on the ground, start wailing on them. Where were you, motherfucker? Where were you? In the background, every radio of any kind starts to screech with static. And above all of this, there's a brilliant blue-white flash that suddenly erupts in the snow in clouds above Crow Lake. It illuminates the entire area for an instant is then gone. This all happens over the span of about a minute. As that's all happening, half a dozen lightning bolts strike the earth near Crow Lake, and the entire snowstorm glows blue-purple. And a brilliant aura hangs immediately over a tall corona of blue above Crow Lake. Major Dempsey, you have a front row seat for all of this. Am I keeping it together or have I left the vehicle? That's up to you. You successfully kind of didn't go crazy, crazy as part of this. Like you managed to kind of like snap it together after the kind of initial blast of terror that happened. Well, I would imagine I was trying to flee. Because apparently, like, my flight system kicked in. Yeah, it's only for a split second, I guess. Like, it's not a long thing. Just long enough to make a dumb decision, like, attacking your security escort. Okay. Well, I would imagine that, like, she had initially just kind of had a moment of just needing to leave and grabbed her seatbelt to, like, buckle herself. But I think the second immediately afterward was the whole the whole lightning thing and then Aurora Borealis. I'm going to yell at the driver to stop because i'm going to go outside and record this all right so as you open the door the vehicle to step out you realize that there was a sound a split second previously that stopped as your foot hits the snow this just horrible screaming wailing owl sound rips out from the lake it seems to be coming from you guess somewhere up above but you're not seeing anything that would be making this sound like it's off horrifying organic screaming wailing just sound you've never heard anything quite like this like even if you're a fan of nature documentaries nothing you know makes this 
this is not a sound that happens in nature, but also it's the most natural, in tune with all of that type of thing sound you've ever heard. I'm going to roll sand check, aren't I? No. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. So I am like the moment I hit, I'm assembling the tape and I am recording everything that I can with like one hand. I am trying to fumble with any of my other instruments or some other stuff or trying to see like are any of them like I'm pointing the the camera towards the Aurora Borealis sure. and I'm looking at the instruments like what's spiking what's not spiking like what are they saying you wouldn't be able to do all that once like you're getting readings off of it and it's probably recording it some but oh, you no, really like, can't I'm... keep an eye on everything all at once it's just a mess of data. so I can't really see everything all at once but I will point the camera towards Aurora Borealis and I will choose the low wave frequency, I guess. Like, what's it saying? Or what can I glean off of it? You're definitely getting some readings. You'd have to spend more time analyzing it to understand what's going on, but it's definitely getting you some good readings of something strange going on. Okay. Well, I will attempt to put down the camera still pointed towards the lake. I want to zoom out as much as I can to get as much information and just leave it on the hood of the Humvee. And I'm going to start trying to focus all of my attention on the, the instrumentations, and I'm going to try to write down as much data. All right. Since you all are outside, everyone give me a pow check. Myself included, or am I still everyone. weird as sanity state? Okay. Oh, no, everyone. I am like three miles away. If I have to do this, you've got to do it too. <laughs> yeah. I was in frozen flood. There's a difference. And whose fault is that? I'm trying to find out. 20 out of 50 success. Power. Five out of 55% success. 23 out of 50 success. As you're all kind of standing outside, just recovering from your brief kind of brush with what the hell's going on in Major Dembski's case with audio and more intense visuals, you notice just kind of almost like a spider web of frost slowly covering your entire body. Thankfully, it doesn't seem to be all that bad for you anyway. Several of the people around you have chunks of their skin almost explode off of their body and frozen ruptures of some kind as extreme frostbite just almost instantaneously seems to set in. Everyone give me a sand check as you kind of witness just all of this happening around you. 28 out of 49 success. 100% fumble. 76 out of 55 failure. Alright, so if you failed, just one point of sand damage. Well, what about a fumble? You fumbled, it's gonna be two points of sand damage. Thankfully... Whatever seems to be happening isn't happening to you. Like, as terrible as it sounds, witnessing it is bad. Having it happen to you is so much worse. And as quickly as this whole strange set of events started, it seems to end. And Major Dempsey, do you go back to work? Like, that was absolutely strange, but like you still got equipment to set up. Do you try and finish out your work out there? What time is it? I will say it's about 144, 145, 146 a.m. Okay, I would like to... Damn, 1998. I can't stream a feed. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I will set up a instrument to get some general, or I'm, I'm going to set up some instruments to get some general readings, but nothing that'll keep me out past three. All right. And I'll finish the work tomorrow. Sure. Medlow, Schuler, what do you do after all of this? Like, all of the immediate panic people seem to be feeling about the whole cannibalism thing that just happened mere minutes ago at this point seems to have been forgotten in the shuffle of 
whatever the hell that was? Do you kind of go back inside and resume the autopsy? Do you head into some other trailer? What's your plan at this point? No, I think I'm looking for our superior. I imagine that that's probably what the protocol would be at this point. Everybody report in to see who's, you know, not lost their mind. Sure. So do you go back to the kind of briefing room you were in earlier or you try yeah. and track down Bimmel? Like, where are you going? I'll try to track down Bimmel. All right. That sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. That, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty easy to do. She's in the kind of trailer. She was just in her lab. So you find her and the major just in a heated conversation. He is, what's the right phrase for it? He is almost kind of rabidly excited about what just happened. Like he is babbling about how this is a real thing. Like they're, this is one of the big ones. Like this is, this is what they've been training for. And Bimmel is far, far less okay with the situation. She seems a tad more upset by it, but she's still trying to be diplomatic and analytical and scientific about it. She's just trying to calm the major down some. What do you two do when you kind of bust into her lab and see this all going down? What the hell is going on here? Has this happened before? Yeah. I look at Bimmel and be like, what the fuck is going on? Dr. Bimmel does her best to try and detach herself from the conversation with Major Farrell, but Major Farrell is just almost pleased with the situation. Like, he is uncomfortably excited about this whole thing. And in her best kind of calming voice, Dr. Bimmel looks at you and goes, this is what we're here to deal with. I don't know what that was. That's the first time that's happened since any of us got here. If I had to guess, that may have been what happened to the town, whatever the hell that was. That's what happened to the town, and why are we alive? That's a very good point. I don't, I don't know. Perhaps it's losing power. Perhaps it's just different. And at this point, the Matrix kind of cuts and he goes, nah, because we're better than them. Maybe the doctor's rest getting weaker over time, so that means it's just for us to get at. We can recover that. Whatever the hell that was. This is big. This is real big. I look to Merlot. Should we, uh, should we get the researchers together and talk about what just happened? What we found tonight? I think we should all talk. Agreed. Bimmel kind of nods slowly at this. Yes, I, I think that would be a very good idea, given what happened kind of looks at both of you is major dempsey not with you major dempsey went out to take some some readings down by the lake oh my that's that that is unfortunate i do hope she's okay major farrell kind of smiles a little too big at this so uh i understood that this was this was going to be an act a potentially dangerous affair coming out here and you know i know that we don't really have a choice I know that this might not be the exact time to ask this, but kind of help put my mind at ease. Is there some kind of hazard pay for, for dealing with whatever the fuck just happened? Then we'll kind of shrugs at this. She goes, I'm sure there might be something. Um, Our work's not always safe, but we are paid well for this line of work. And truth be told, I'm not sure any of us that were expecting whatever that was. I, I we should put our heads together. Major Farrell kind of puts an arm on your shoulder and goes, yeah, and once you eggheads have kind of cracked the code of where the hell's going on about there, me and my boys will go out there and get whatever the fuck it is. Hell yeah, we're in the right place at the right time. We're going to get us something. It's going to be big probably, too. If it can do that, oh, imagine what else it can do. And he kind of lets himself out of the office and leaving you and Bimble alone. He's insane. Dr. Bimble kind of shrugs at this. 
I, I'd like to think he's more excited, but that, that was fanatical. Kind of sighs at this and goes, I don't completely disagree with your assessment, but also we're all a little afraid right now. Hopefully some decent data was gathered out of all that so we can get a sense of whatever the hell is going on here. Okay, okay, and uh, I'm sorry, but before I forget, what the fuck happened back there? I don't know. That's what No, 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 Merlo. What what happened? And we'll kind of look at you both confused. Did something happen in the autopsy room? If I knew, I would tell you. I have absolutely no idea. I was looking through the camera, helping you with the autopsy. Next thing I know, you saw me how I was, I, I have absolutely no idea. I don't remember. How you were? Did, do, do I need to explain it to Bimmel or, or, or please? Looking back, unfortunately, the two of you very concerned. Ex- explain what? Did something happen? I thought I heard the sounds of a commotion. Something happened, okay. It happened before all this. If you can believe it, it's probably not the strangest thing that happened today. I don't know about that. I don't remember it, but Tell him what happened. I don't remember. All right, all right, fine, fine. We were, we were doing the the autopsy. Okay, we had just gotten done examining the the remains of the bodies. We hadn't cut anything open yet. I'd just taken some cell samples. I was gonna see how they reacted under different hazardous conditions. The bodies weren't cooling or heating up. I couldn't get them to change their temperature state. So I went to put some music on. When I turned around. Merlo here had her, her fucking helmet off, and she was gnawing on the flesh of one of the dead. And I, I tried to pull her off, tried to get her to put her helmet back on, but I couldn't. And then the fucking security detail guy was nowhere to be, be found because apparently you went to get fucking coffee. And the one that did come in was, fuck, I, I don't know. He'd never seen anything like it. I'd never seen anything like it. So he stood there bewildered. And by the time he came over to help me, she'd fucking taken a chunk out of this dude's leg or, or wherever. She looks physically pale upon that description, kind of raises a hand pleadingly. Dr. Schuler, we are all under immense amounts of stress. If you feel this is a larger problem, we can escalate this. But given everything that just happened, I might recommend for now, at least, that we keep this between us. Please do not mention this to major feral but more importantly do not mention it to agent harris just yet yeah like it gets closer if the good doctor exhibits other concerning behavior perhaps that'll be the time to elevate it but no i I, she seems normal enough now and given what seems to have happened shortly after her incident i I don't want to to elevate it to, to anyone other than us because the man that walked in wasn't looking to help initially he was looking to shoot i i thought that they were here to keep us safe if their first reaction is to fucking shoot us i i I, we we need to be careful about what we say to them he nods at this agreed agreed as you may have picked up from our briefing earlier things are a tad tense and security is at an all-time high and between you and me, I'm not quite sure who Harris and Farrell are working for. I don't think they're working for the same goals of some kind, but Harris is a deeply paranoid man, and Farrell is 
to use your word earlier, a tad fanatical. I might say more excitable and uncomfortably invested, but I don't know. I This is all quite alien to me at this point. This is not what I necessarily signed up for or any of the rest of you, but here we are in goddamn Alabama in the middle of a blizzard with lightning storms and crazed howling and I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'll do what I need to do here as long as we're all safe. I will do my best to shield you from any extra scrutiny from our partners in this, but that requires you to not give them extra reason to be suspicious in us. Yeah, I, I, I may have fucked that up already when they, when everything started, I, fuck, I, I don't know, you know, when everybody was going crazy, I, I kind of lost it kick the shit out of the security age. Not ideal, but a lot of strange things have happened, and in the nicest way possible, Doctor, the chances of you successfully beating up one of our security personnel is at least a strange enough story that I highly doubt Harris will be inclined to believe it immediately, or just... prioritize it over everything else that's happened. God, you say, and that actually makes me feel so much better. Okay. Please sit down, take a breather, collect yourself. We'll wait for Major Dempsey to come back from you. You said she was out setting up of some kind. I, I mean, we should send people to get her now. Yeah, she's understood. Too, yeah, yeah, yes. We'll get right on that. Please sit down, collect yourself. And she kind of turns away for a second, turns back to you. It's the strangest thing. Does, does it almost feel warm in here to you? Maybe the heating system's malfunctioning or running a tad too warm. And it does feel a little bit warmer than maybe it should in this room to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone cranked the heat in these fucking trailers. Maybe something malfunctioned during the strange storm. Also, someone look into it. I mean, I, I, I'm just going to like feel my forehead and then like reach out to feel Merlot's, the other doctors as well. You feel fine enough, normalish, but the room feels warm. Just must be the, the ambient temperature. Yeah. So we're going to jump back out to Major Dempsey out in the field. The radio in your Humvee kind of squawks to life, and you get orders to come back to the base ASAP. It's strange, though, too. Let any conversations with Bimmel or Schuler or Redlow back at base. Maybe you're getting used to the cold out here. Maybe it's just kind of getting warmer, like maybe the storm's dying down some. But it's about, we'll say, 3.30, 4 a.m. by the time you get back to the base. The storm got way worse after... The whole weird incident occurred and then seems to be dying down finally. Got all your equipment set up at this point. But yeah, it's more staying used to it in a weird way. Like the, the cold's not as cold as it used to be, which yeah, it's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. But Mr. Mead, head to Bimmel's office. Yeah, I mean, I was just outside, so I might be getting used to the cold. I also might just have sensor and it's dying. So I'll head over to Bimmel's. Sure. All right, so Major Dempsey, as you come back towards Weather Watcher HQ, it's not at all like you left it. There's definitely an air of paranoia about the place. People seem agitated, which makes a certain amount of sense. You saw something crazy down at the lake, but like you're far enough away from the lake that maybe you wouldn't see it. Definitely heard it. Probably felt the whole cold thing happen and the wind pick up and the storm get really bad, but that wouldn't explain just kind of the weirdness going on at base. Like, everyone seems to be very much on edge as you kind of slowly roll in from finishing up your research out in the field. 
You try and find the rest of the team. You go find uh, Dr. Bimmel. What do you do? Okay. I remember now that I was able to resist kind of engaging in my fight or flight instinct. So I wasn't swinging it on the dude. Did my driver pass? He had a bit of a breakdown, but it passed. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 So in that essence, then I will, I'm very kind of focused on making sure that my notes and all my research is solid. And I would imagine as someone who is in Air Force aerospace stuff that even though we're on shortwave, I would try to keep the information trade person to person as much as I can. You were very much told to do that by Agent Harris. Yeah, you have been instructed to do as such. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, perfect. And so with that being said, then I will gather my materials and start looking over through any kind of like recordings and other stuff, kind of continuing on or fine tuning my research on the way back to the Weather Watcher camp. I will say it is also late. It's 4 a.m. Like you've definitely been up for a while. Like you've been out in the cold and the weird and the wind and the weather and the snow. You're tired. You've been lugging around equipment. Like it'll take some time to analyze all the information you have, like getting readouts from it. That will take some time despite your familiarity with the equipment. That's not necessarily just a, the next hour type of activity to get through. You got some time. It's all set up. You have some readings. You have stuff to dig into tomorrow. Just want to get right to that at that point. Also, you've not heard from your team yet necessarily since you got back. You're not seeing them. Like, I'm not sure you were expecting to be kind of welcomed back by the team, but at the same time, like, something definitely happened here. Mm. As a woman of science, I think I would have a personal journal to which I would actually be kind of recording some of my experiences with. Sure. So I'll kind of focus on that, but I really do want to highlight a like just kind of a introspective moment as to just the sudden adrenaline hit or adrenaline spike that I experienced. But otherwise, once I'm done with that, I will be finding the rest of the research team. I mean, yeah, that was definitely weird. Absolutely. That was extremely strange, and I have no idea why I would experience that, as well as why suddenly my driver started crying. So it's like, was that a case of mass hysteria? How widespread was this mass hysteria? That makes a lot of sense. So I guess with that in mind, what are you choosing to do? I'm going to be collecting my research notes so I can make a presentation for Dr. Bimmel and Agent Harris, just because I was able to at least witness firsthand just kind of the strangeness of what happened, much like the airplane pilots. And I was able to record at least some of it shakily or whatever have you, but I was able to record some of that, some of that phenomenon. Oh, no, you have good data. You have definitely some major stuff to go through. Like you have potentially found something quite important, potentially. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm going to focus on this morning. Where do you want to go do that? Do you just going to go back to the original briefing room you're in? You're going to try and find some lab space. Some of the kind of remaining six trailers that are not morgue or corpse storage, in theory, could be used as lab space. I will. Is there a private? Can I claim some places my lab space? The meeting room is secured, correct? I mean, the entire compound is technically, but also you have not been told of, hey, here's your workspace necessarily. That might be something Bimmel could direct you towards. Gotcha. So if anything, I'm going to co-opt a base that's an unused trailer. And I'm going to start setting up my research and setting up some equipment to review the research. And I will try to find the other research scientists 
my team so that way they can come by and review the footage as well. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. I guess with that in mind, our autopsy team, Dr. Merlo, Dr. Schuler, mm-hmm. have you been waiting for Major Dempsey to come back? Have you been trying to lay low? What have you been up to kind of in the time following your conversation with Dr. Bimmel? It's 4 a.m. I've gone through a lot today. I punched somebody. I don't really do that. I'm going to wherever they're having us set up to bunk down. Sure. Same. Yeah, I'm considering I took a bite out of a person. I, I am in no condition to try to do anything at the moment. I'm just kind of roller coastering at the moment, and I don't want to make any decisions uh, as far as that goes. Any kind of rest would be ideal at this point. Sure. When you say this morning, you mean like it's because it's four in the morning, not like we've already rested yeah. and then went. If that's the case, then I'm just going to write in my journal about what we experienced. And I'm going to make sure that I'm locking up and safekeeping the data that I have. And I'm going to fucking bed. Sure. Makes a certain amount of sense. It has been quite the evening. There's a chance Ben will not be happy to knock out the tasks done you were assigned in before you clocked out for the day. But also no one foresaw events going the way they did that evening. 